0: Empire Sports Radio Podcast. Zach is here as I am with you always on a beautiful Monday morning. If you are an Eagles, if you are a Patriots, if you are a Vikings and Jaguars fan, what a weekend for you guys as all your teams are heading to the Conference Championship Games. An incredible weekend of division football is all coming up here, right here, Empire Sports Radio Podcast. And I want to talk about, you know, if I told you, Beginning of the year, beginning of the football season, that Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, Tom Brady, and uh, Nick Foles. Maybe besides Tom Brady, if I told you the other three quarterbacks, Foles, Keenum, and Bortles are going to be in the conference championship games to win one game to go to the Super Bowl, or just one of them, one of those guys are going to be in the Super Bowl, you would tell me to go fuck yourself. An incredible... Division-no-round weekend. Incredible. In a football season that has seen the controversy with the kneeling, uh, the whole Ezekiel Elliott and, you know, the Jerry Jones thing, uh, you know, Roger Goodell, you know, all these bad stuff. You know, the ratings are down. It is so nice to just finally remember what you love about this game and what you love about the National Football League, and that is football. It really is. It all comes down to the football and the playoffs and the way things turn out. And what you saw last night in the Viking game was absolutely uh incredible. With a, a franchise that has seen so many tough losses. You know, you go back to oh nine, you know, you got AP fumbling everywhere in the championship game against the Saints at home. You got you got twenty you got twenty thirteen Losing to the the Packers, you got you got twenty fifteen, the Blair Walsh missed field goal, and so on and so on with their tormented fans of the Vikings franchise. And in the last couple minutes, it looked like it would be another one of those, one uh, you know, a seventeen point lead going into the half, and it looked like the Vikings just gave it all up, and they scored a field goal to go ahead with a minute thirty. And you know, you, you know Drew Brees is coming back easily. He came back with a really, really quality, nice drive with a minute 30 and one timeout left. And uh, he leads them to a, a field goal and a big 4th and 10 play that set up the 43-yarder with 25 seconds left. And every Viking fan in the building, you can just you can just see, it's like, it did it again. They did it again. This team. And what do you know? 10 seconds left, no timeouts. And what happens next can only be uh it's the most one of the most improbable endings. A walk-off touchdown, 61-yard touchdown with 10 seconds left. Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs. I I mean, I it's there's really there's really no words to explain. What happened? And Marcus Williams of the Saints, who's probably got a bounty on him right now. He's uh, you know there's probably bounty hunters looking for him all over the place in New Orleans. And you almost feel bad for the kid. The kid's a uh, he's a rookie. He actually had a pretty good um, rookie season, by the way. But all he had to do, man, was tackle him and keep him in bounds, and it's over. They didn't have any timeouts left. The, the Vikings. Uh, Williams. Goes down looking for the legs. He obviously didn't know where the ball was, clearly, because the ball was thrown up high. Stefan Diggs makes a catch, because he jumps over him, and in shock, he was. He looked like he was trying to go out of bounds. He looked like that. he was trying to you know, step out of bounds and maybe get a nice field goal with, uh, with maybe a couple seconds left on the clock. And as a fan, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, why didn't he go out of bounds? And the only reason was because there was absolutely nobody near him. He had a clear path to the end zone. 61-yard touchdown, Case Keenum. The Stephon Diggs, just an absolutely incredible, incredible uh, game. You know, the Vikings when we started off this game. They, their defense was so key to the way they started off to go seventeen 0 The first three possessions, the Saints uh, were were punts, and the next two were interceptions on Breeze, and and the defense was was good there. But I thought the biggest play that kind of changed the momentum of the game towards the Saints side. Was the missed field goal by Forbath at the end of the, at the end of the half? I thought that gave the Saints some little bit of momentum, and that's all you really need to get to Drew Brees and that offense. And Brees just got his groove going in that second half, hitting Michael Thomas, uh, and um, the uh, Keenum throws an interception. He was actually he, Keenum was fantastic the first half, by the way. He he was unstoppable. He was very the team was very aggressive. Um, with him, McKinnon and um, and uh, Thielen and Diggs, but Breeze just all of a sudden he was finding Thomas. Uh, he had uh, he had Camara and the Camara almost set up. Uh, almost had a huge touchdown from Snead uh, on the uh, on. Snead uh, actually uh, the Vikings gave Snead. Ch- I mean the uh, Saints gave Snead a chance. Though went down to the Camara. The, uh, I didn't know He was wide open, and that was going in. If he caught that, oh my god, that was an incomplete pass. That was a that was a huge play in the game. But Breeze came back. I mean, 17-14. Vikings got a little bit of breathing room off on a, on a four bath uh, field goal to make it twenty seventeen, and um, Breeze Breeze just uh, the blocked kick at the Minnesota forty. Was was uh, key by the Saints. And then four plays later, you got a Kamara touchdown with three minutes re- remaining. And Forbath hits a 53-yarder with a minute and a half to go. And by the way, an undrafted Thielen makes a huge catch there to set that one up. How about that? Thielen undrafted. And what do you know it? Of course, Drew Brees. Comes back with a nice drive, hits the field goal. And I don't understand, you know, there's some stuff you don't know how it happens or why it happens, but the Saints give up the 61-yard touchdown on Stephon Diggs. It's unbelievable. Crowd goes nuts. Vikings go on to play the beloved Philadelphia Eagles, who won their game Saturday night on dramatic fashion as well. Matt Ryan, first and goal. Down by five in the last couple minutes of the game. Could not get the touchdown. He looked for Julio a couple times at the end there. It really looked like he, uh, he was um, just relying on Julio, especially on the last play on fourth, on fourth down. Julio falls down on the ground on, on, on fourth and goal. This is the game I right hear. Julio falls down. And it looked like uh, Matt Ryan had no alternatives but to find Drew Brees. So he just tosses up in the end zone. Open for, Drew, for, um, for Julio Jones. I'm sorry, Matt Ryan. To Julio Jones. There's no alternative for for, uh, Matt Ryan there. So he just tosses up the Julio Jones, praying for a catch. And, I mean, even if he did catch it, his foot might have been out of bounds. But it was unbelievable how, you know, and rightfully so, Julio, to get the most attention there, to give him the game-winning play. But it looked like the Falcons had absolutely no idea what they were trying to do on that goal line besides just hit Julio, hit Julio. Um, Foles was a little bit shaky in the first half, but had a really nice second half, um, to get some field goals, you know, the, the, there was only two touchdowns in this game, only two, and there was, um, shit ton of, shit ton of field goals, shit ton of field goals by the Eagles there, and I thought the biggest field, the biggest play, that is so underrated and nobody's talking about, is when the Eagles were driving down 10-6 to 6 at the end of the, at the end of the second quarter, before the end of the half, and they, and full throws up the middle, and it hits off an, uh, a Falcons, a Falcons defender's uh, knee. Hits off a knee of a defender, and um, it goes right into, um, uh, who caught, who caught the fucking ball? Uh, Torrey Smith. And that sets up a field goal to make it 10-9. And, you know, if that never happened, it might have been 10-6. And remember, the Eagles had a 15-10 lead when the Falcons were driving. So all the Falcons would have needed there if to the, if, take that field goal away, which had just been a field goal to go up 13-12 for the win. I thought that was an extremely huge play in that game. The Eagles' defense was tremendous in the second half. Um, and Ajay, however, fumbling on the first possession, really looked to become himself, and he got big, big play. Uh, Nick Foles was 23 for 30, 246 yards. He did not turn the ball over, which was key for the Eagles. They will host the, the uh, NFC Championship game next week at 6.40 against the Vikings. We'll be right back. And we're back on an Empire Sports Radio podcast. And... The ja- yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Blake Bortles, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are on their way to Foxborough to play against the New England Patriots. That's gonna be a three, uh, I believe it's gonna be a 305, 330 game somewhere around there, a three o'clock ish uh, game on uh, next Sunday. And I thought the 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 mindset going to this game by the Steelers was so poor, and the and the and just the mindset and uh, the team was not ready. They were so focused on playing the Patriots next week that they almost forgot they had a game against Jacksonville. You got Mike Tomlin. You got the whole team. talking about, oh, I can't wait for the rematch against the Patriots. Well, you got to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars first. That's right. Saxonville Jaguars, the defense of that team, big plays. Even though Roethlisberger did have an, uh, he had a tremendous game, he was fucking fabulous. He had 469 yards and five TDs. And the balls of Ben on those fourth down plays that thrown in the end zone were incredible. He had a fourth and five down at uh, uh, four, fourth and 11 at the end of the second half, throws a touchdown, fourth and five, uh, in the fourth quarter, throws a touchdown to Antonio Brown. But the key to the key start to the game from the, the, the Jaguar standpoint was from the fact that the Steelers were not prepared to come out and play this game, and that killed them because they were down 21 nothing in the first quarter. And I felt Jacksonville took advantage of the Steelers thinking about, you know, the next week's game instead of the game that they're playing Sunday at home. And Jacksonville takes a nice 20 nothing lead. Blake Bortles looked like an actual QB this week after the pathetic showing we saw last week against the Bills. He looked like a quarterback for once. Uh, and a first-round pick in Leonard Fournette, who has been fabulous this season. He had three touchdowns. But a big play that kind of turned this game around from being a blowout for the Jaguars was when Jacksonville—it was 21-7. Pittsburgh was kind of trying to get back them, get back in this game, and they fumble, and Smith taunts and Smith takes 50 yards to the house for a touchdown. But he taunts out uh, Le'Veon Bell, and that that takes 15 yards, uh, uh, off on the on the kickoff, and that sets up Pittsburgh for good field possession because they had the ball to start the second. Um, Half two. And so they drive. They get that big play from Ben. And the big ball is Ben right there. On fourth down throwing it up in the end zone to make it 20-14. to 14. Pittsburgh has the ball to start the second half. And what do you know? What do you know? Pittsburgh makes it 28-21. It looks like the wheels are coming off for Jacksonville. Pittsburgh's home. Crowd's going nuts. Looks like everything's going their way. And Jacksonville's defense bared down. Got a big stop. You know, Jacksonville came down the field, borrows me nice pass to the tight end for a touchdown, and and uh, the the when you know it, Jacksonville Jacksonville takes uh, Jacksonville wins. And and I thought a dumb decision by Tomlin there at the end when they scored a touchdown. You know, Tony Brown makes an unbelievable catch on the fourth and five play to make it thirty five twenty seven. The idea with two timeouts left, I believe. And about three, maybe, I'm sorry, two and a half to go. And the onside kick, it a poor, a really bad onside kick. And that leads to an easy Jacksonville field goal. Because all they had to do was go nine yards and they got a field goal. So I'm wondering what the mindset was there. I guess, you know, you got a onside kick, maybe get a chance to win. But you got a, a couple, I think they wanted two timeouts left at the time. And that absolutely killed them because now it's just a, uh, a, a, uh, Field uh, just a field goal to kind of win the game, and Jacksonville goes up by ten. But what do you know? Pittsburgh comes down easily and scores a uh, a touchdown with one second left, and all they needed to do there, all they needed to do at the end, was honestly uh, kick it and recover it and score a touchdown, and uh, that didn't happen. Jacksonville upsets surprisingly going to New England. Their defense has to get to Brady that whole game if they want to win that game, and we might see a Case Keen and Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Super Bowl, and how intriguing would that be? How intriguing would that be? We'll get to the Knicks up next after that fucking pathetic. We're not even going to talk about the Patriots and Titans, by the way, because you know why the Patriots had an extra week off. They had two buys, the Patriots, two buys. We'll get to the Knicks and their pathetic fucking team up next. Empire Sports Radio Podcast. The Knicks are terrible. Unbelievable. This team fucking sucks, bro. Up by 19! Up by 19 points. Late in the third. You know, you can really see that Tim, you know, uh, before I say anything, Tim Hardaway is a great player. I mean, I really, I think everyone really forgot how good this guy is when he's on the court for this team, but he makes a huge difference offensively. But unbelievable. They get to a 19-point lead. And they blow the game. Andy Dave's at 48 points. They got a holiday. 31 points. What the fuck, bro? And how many times have we seen this team get into overtime and not win? It's ridiculous. This team's inability to win. And this is a home game. This is a road game. There's no stupid road excuse now. You know, a home game, MSG up by nine with four and a half to go. You cannot blow the game. You cannot blow the game, bro. Pathetic fucking franchise. They play the, the Nets today. But how many times have we seen this? They cannot. They never win in overtime. They never win in overtime. This team's pathetic. The Rangers are pathetic too, as they lose last night 5 to 2 in Pittsburgh as All Wheels came off in that second period. So really all I got right now to root for is that uh, is the NFL playoffs. Knicks lose. Rangers lose. You know, if you're a Devils Islanders fan, even though Islanders are in the playoffs, they're playing a little bit better. They beat the Rangers 7 2 the other day. Killed them. Fucking Barzell looks like a really nice player. But other than that, there's nothing exciting to root for in these four teams. you got to wait for baseball. The Yankees. The Yankees and uh, the Mets. The Mets making new moves. They got Adrian Gonzalez. Are you kidding me? They got Aegon, bro. They're going to the World Series. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. I love you guys. Have a good one, all right? Empire Sports Radio Podcast.